What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Let's kick this thing off. Griffin Johnson is one of the most famous TikTok stars on the planet. He recently has begun spending more time investing, along with creating companies and products. In this conversation, we discuss how Griffin built his audience, why he is interested in investing, how he makes money, the Gruen gang, and how Griffin wants his career to play out. I really enjoyed this conversation with Griffin, and I hope you do as well. Before we get into this episode, though, I want to quickly talk about our sponsors. First up is BlockFi. BlockFi provides financial products for crypto investors. They've got three products today that you can use. The first is you can buy and sell crypto on their crypto exchange. The second is you can deposit crypto and take out a U.S. dollar loan against their uh, against your crypto collateral. And the third is that you can deposit crypto and earn up to 8.6% APY in an interest-bearing account. BlockFi will also be coming out with a fourth product, a Bitcoin Rewards credit card in Q1 of this year. The Bitcoin Rewards credit card is just like a regular credit card, but rather than earn cash back or airline miles, you'll actually get Bitcoin back. Think it's going to be a game changer. So go on over to blockfi.com slash pump and get signed up today. Blockfi.com slash pump. I'm an investor. I sit on the board. I'm a very happy user. And I think you'll really enjoy the financial products for crypto investors that BlockFi's built. Blockfi.com slash pump. Next up is Choice. They're a new self-directed IRA product that I'm really excited about. If you're listening to this, you're likely part of the 7.1 million Bitcoin owners who have retirement accounts with dollars in them, but not Bitcoin. I was in that situation too. But now you can actually buy real Bitcoin in your retirement account. I'm talking about owning your private keys and using tax advantage dollars to do it too. Choice, a self-directed IRA product that allows you to buy Bitcoin and use tax advantage dollars while also holding the private keys. Go check them out at retirewithchoice.com slash pomp. Again, retirewithchoice.com slash pomp. Lastly is the Rodman Law Group. They are dedicated to helping entrepreneurs realize their vision by helping entrepreneurs operate defensively in sectors where laws and regulations haven't caught up to the realities of the industry. I've been investing in building companies for a long time, and I've learned one thing. You always need a good lawyer. That's why I'm excited about the Rodman Law Group. Not only have they been accepting Bitcoin and Ethereum for years for their services, but also they've moved some of their balance sheet into Bitcoin. So if you need a great lawyer that not only understands the law, but also understands the Bitcoin and crypto industry, you should go talk to the folks at the Rodman Law Group. If you use this link, therodmanlawgroup.com slash pomp, again, therodmanlawgroup.com slash pomp, you will get 50% off your first hour consultation and 5% off all legal services for a year. So if you need a great lawyer, go check out the Rodman Law Group, therodmanlawgroup.com slash pomp, therodmanlawgroup.com slash pomp. All right, let's get in this episode with Griffin. I hope you guys enjoy this one. Anthony Pompliano is a partner at Morgan Creek Digital. All opinions expressed by Pomp or his guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Morgan Creek Digital or Morgan Creek Capital Management. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, guys. Bang, bang. I've got a special treat. I've got Griffin Johnson here. What's going on, man? Dude, I uh, I know I've seen you a lot around with Bryce and doing uh, you guys' thing 
on your podcast. I actually thought about wearing a wife beater. Um, you know, I figured that might bring our chemistry up a little bit because you're used to it with Bryce, but, uh, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm excited to be here, man. Listen, you're don't lie to the people. When we first started, you were going to do it without a shirt on. And I said, Hey, you can do that if you want, but <laughs> well, now- the, it, uh, it passes with my audience, but you know, um, a lot of these guys here, they either a, their kids know me and they think I'm a doofus or B, they have no clue who I am. So, you know, I figured I, I'm, I should probably present myself a little better. All right. Let's go through your background. Uh, you have one of the largest followings on TikTok today, but how, where'd you grow up and kind of how did you get into creating content on the internet? Yeah. So, you know, I grew up um, right on the border of uh, Indiana and Illinois, um, pretty much central, but considered South doesn't really matter. But uh, yeah, I didn't grow up with, uh, you know, a lot of money. My dad is, uh, he works in a factory. My mom ended up going back to school for nursing. So I always had to hustle, which kind of brought in my entrepreneur, my entrepreneurship. And, uh, I went into college and I was in nursing school at the time. And, you know, I played sports and baseball of that jazz, but, uh, my second semester, my sophomore year, I, uh, I was in a class, all girls nursing, you know how it goes. And they all do the social media stuff. And I was never really into it. Posted maybe twice a year on Instagram, total bro, thought it was stupid, laughed at all the social media creators and YouTubers that the girls would drool over. And uh, a bunch of girls in my class were making TikToks and I was in them and they would do well because I'm in my scrubs and they're like, oh, who's the nurse guy? Who's the nurse guy? And I was growing on Instagram like crazy. And I was like, what is going on? And I guess they were putting my handle on there. And it wasn't until I saw a girl literally as we were studying for an exam, went live on TikTok and made like a hundred bucks. I was like, are you kidding me? So I tried it out, posted a video. It blew up. I woke up the next day with like 20,000 followers. Um, and what was then the video? That- it was just me in my scrubs and I was in class sitting there and said, got my phone taken away for this. And it was just me sitting there, got like a hundred thousand likes blew up. And I was like, all right. And from then on, I just saw the easy money. I didn't have uh, an actual idea of being a content creator, social media kid, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, I just, I literally just wanted the revenue from the streams because I was a broke college kid. Um, I worked in a factory every summer to, have enough money to get through the school year. Cause I couldn't work because of my school and nursing and stuff. So yeah, that was my whole goal was to just keep making videos. And I was trying to grow my followers to, uh, get that revenue off the streams. And three months later, I think I had a hundred something K went to, uh, one of the social media events because I met some kids and they, um, you know, one of them's Anthony that lives with me now. And, uh, yeah, I just went on tour, met the boys, after that, met Bryce, we made the Sway House, and uh, that's the short form for basically how I got here. Yeah. And so when you talk about uh, making money off the streams, most people listening to this are going to have no clue what that means. So explain how people get paid for the actual streams. So how it is, you um, you know, there's a For You page. So if your video is going viral, it gets on the For You page. Um, and then a live stream is there's a live feature on TikTok itself on the platform, just like an Instagram live. You just click a button, you go live, people can join in. Um, and basically if your video, especially is on the for you page, people will see that you're live. They can click in or just your fans. And, um, 
basically it's just a donation system. So there's like different levels, like a dollar, $2, five, 10, 15, 20, 50. Um, and people can send you money and then you basically give incentives. Like, you know, I'll put you in a drawing for my merge or you can literally just sit there and do nothing. And people will actually donate just to like, you know, laugh and enjoy the content. But, um, yeah. And then TikTok holds it in their bank for a couple of days. Um, you know, and people, you can only draw out a thousand dollars. So basically TikTok makes bank off of interest just by having it there. So it's, it's, that's kind of why they do it and how it works for the creator. When you go live right now, how much money would you make? Um, depending on the time, obviously, uh, my standard is usually 20 minutes and I'll make anywhere from like, you know, 1500 to two grand. You realize that's ridiculous, right? Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Uh, but I actually quit doing it as I became more successful just because like in the beginning I needed it. Now I kind of leave it for the other creators that, you know, need that because it really helped my career and helped me out a lot and just in life in general. So I don't really do it anymore. Um, some people say you should, I feel kind of dirty, you know, being successful and having my own other streams and, uh, revenue and still taking money from, you know, 12 to 10 to 16 year old girls that are probably using their dad's, um, credit cards. So I kind of quit doing it, but it's definitely a really good way to make money. Do you feel bad taking it from the girls or from their dads? Um, both for one, I feel bad for the girls, um, mainly because I'm not really that cool. So why are you sending me money to sit there? And then I also feel bad for the dads because, you know, they're going to work just so their daughter can pay some douchebag on the internet to talk to the camera. So, um, you know, it goes both ways. That's fair. Um, so I've talked to Bryce about it, but I know most people in the audience won't understand how you guys are making money outside of just those streams. So let's just kind of walk through like the world of Griffin in terms of what yeah. else do you do with your time? So like, maybe like, let's go through a day. So what time do you wake up? What do you do all day? And then how do you make money? So, um, I call this early cause it's early in social media, but I'm usually up like awake at like eight 30 out of bed, ready for the day at nine. Um, which is early in our world, probably not for people listening to this. They're probably like, wow, you're lazy. But, um, yeah, that's kind of how this industry works is later. A lot of kids don't wake up until noon. So, um, start calls at 10, which is, um, you know, usually later on the East coast time. So sometimes I wake up earlier, seven, I'll have calls at seven. Sometimes if they're foreign, I've had calls at like midnight, um, which is all Western time, obviously. But uh, yeah, so I wake up, calls start at 10. I'm usually at Bryce's house, the Vestone house, where he records um, by like 9, 9, like 9.15, 9.20. And then uh, we sit down. We have our every day is scheduled out on a Google calendar. Um, it's usually consists of anywhere from like four to eight calls. Um, usually at least one sit down meeting a day where someone comes in or we got dinner, especially before everything got locked down. Um, and then every day around like 11 to noon is just a time blocked out for filming TikToks and getting all your content, posting on Instagram, whatever it is. And then, um, on Mondays and Thursdays now, they are basically like designated film days for YouTube podcasts. You know, you and Bryce do Tuesdays because that fits you better. Um, but for me, obviously I wouldn't do it the same day. 
So yeah, it's, it's very structured. I think people think we kind of just sit on our ass and like, um, just go with the flow and like post TikToks all day. Definitely not it. Um, you know, it's, it's very structured and we, that's how we get into all these investments. And, you know, we've really pivoted out from being these shitheads that got their water and power shut off to now angel investors and, um, I actually just became a consultant and advisor for Red Global, which is one of the biggest esports teams in the entire world. Um, as well as, you know, we got Triller and some other things working in the mix. So yeah, it's, um, basically calls content. Um, and obviously, you know, trips and stuff come up, but that's the normal day. Yeah. And, uh, I'm not just saying it to you. Obviously people know that, uh, I've been spending all this time with Bryce, but like you guys do work your asses off. And, and I, agree with you that most people don't realize uh, kind of how structured it is. I remember the first time he told me about like the content days. And I was like, what do you mean you block off two days? And he's like, yeah, like that's all we do is we just, you know, ideate, you know, film, edit, like do all this kind of stuff. And when you look at the content uh, output that you guys do, like you have to dedicate a lot of time to it, right? It just takes the time. Um, when you're doing all this stuff, where does the money come from? So, uh, are you getting paid brand deals? Are you doing, you know, YouTube revenue, merchandise? Like wh- where do you kind of think of your income from coming from? Right. So this is like a really, really highly asked question. And it always changes a little bit because things come up and, you know, but I would say it's very, very dynamic and depends on the creator. So this isn't for like, you know, Bryce has different answers than I do, but, um, I will give you the basis. So a lot of creators, they have, um, YouTube. So Google AdSense, you get paid, you, you get basically a CPM. I don't know if people know how that works, but, um, per thousand views, um, you usually get a set dollar amount that's given to you by YouTube six, seven. It's usually in that six, seven range. Um, so there's that it comes in every month. You get paid once a month by that. Um, you obviously can do your, a lot of people do the TikTok live streams or, um, you know, now there's a feature on Instagram. You can do that, which is really good money. I mean, if you're making a thousand dollars a day, you can make, you know, 30 grand a month off of just that. Uh, obviously you got brand deals. So those for anyone that doesn't know what a brand deal is, um, you can get paid from anything from using a sound on TikTok to doing, uh, you know, a promotion on an Instagram feed post where you shout out whatever company and tag them. Um, those are usually pretty nice and pay well. And, uh, like how, much, how much do those pay? Like, like, or how, do, how uh, do you think about, you know, if somebody came to you and said, Hey, I want you to do this. How do you think about pricing it? So for me, it, it, it comes into a lot of things. Is it static? Which means, you know, does it, are you keeping it up forever? Um, is it a couple of days? And then I, I know you've probably seen these before where you have to follow like everyone, someone's following or whatever. Those are super like non-organic and they look literally ridiculous on your page. So I try to steer away, but if you know, the money's right, obviously, um, if someone asked me to do those, it's going to be more, I would say for, let's just say midline of all the sway boys, 500,000 likes, uh, you should probably get about, you know, 50 K for a post. I would say is like a rough number depending on what they want. Um, and for someone that gets 500,000 likes, that's obviously like 2 million, um, you know, people engaged with it at least minimum, you know, 1.8 to 2 million. So if you think about it, social media creators are kind of, um, underpaid in the eyeball sense for like, you know, marketing on like TV. I don't, I can't name a single show really on anymore on TV that gets 2 million, um, eyeballs at once. Yeah. At least 
So, um, so you got yeah, the brand th- deals. What else? Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. Um, do you have merch? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a big point. I don't do merch. That's why I didn't, um, come to the top of my head, but yeah, merch is definitely, you know, Bryce has his brand and there's a lot of creators that build brands off of themselves that sell well. Why don't you Um, do merch? The reason I don't do merch anymore is because it's a really oversaturated market. Um, think about how many hoodies you have in your closet and how many of them you actually wear. Um, and you know, I have literally, I'm looking at 20 hoodies that are all really cool brand sent them to me. They were free, whatever. Uh, probably won't ever wear them. Not because they're not cool, but just because like everyone has a million hoodies and t-shirts nowadays. Uh, and not only that, it's just a really hard market because every single creator, it's like not a creative idea. Every single creator is like, Oh, I get a hundred thousand followers. Oh, here's my merch link, my teespring. Um, so yeah, it's just a market. That's like the margins aren't great. You're talking like, you know, you're selling a hoodie for $50 and by the time you pay for shipping and everything, you're making like, I don't know, six bucks a hoodie. Yeah. Nah. What's the most ridiculous thing anyone uh, that you know, kind of in this influencer content creator world has done for money? Uh, I would say probably um, only fans. Uh, and the reason I say that is like only fans can bring in, like a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, but they like, they fake, like they're putting like an explicit picture on there and they think they're going to like get everyone. And then basically all it does is everyone tries to refund their money. And then it takes only fans. Like that's just one example. I've seen people, uh, fake being in the hospital. I've seen people like fake breaking up. Like it's just crazy, stupid shit that I don't even understand. So you really can't, predict these creator kids because they're literally wild. So yeah. How do you guys come up with the ideas for the videos? Like, like you, Bryce, right. Josh, except like the videos that you guys are producing are, uh, usually have some level of entertainment to them. And so how do you guys come up with those ideas? Yeah. So, um, it, it does become a routine. Um, honestly, like once you get in this space, you kind of see things and know things that work and you learn from other people and kind of tweak it. So I would say a lot of our ideas come from other people in the past or trends that are working at the time. And then we just literally ramp it up, make it bigger, spice it up, um, add our own twist to it. But a lot of it is just being involved, um, in kind of the space and seeing what other people are doing and what has worked in the past or what's currently working. Um, and obviously sometimes, you know, things just come to you on the fly it's not like we just sit. I don't think anyone really just sits down for hours and like thinks of a video. Um, it's just kind of one of those things where you just roll with what's going that week and think about it on the fly. Yeah. When you think of kind of this creator space today, what's like the average kid make, right? Are we talking not, not as much as you think. Okay. So, so help me understand like what, like what's the most somebody makes and what's kind of the average. Okay. So I'm just going to say, it's a little bit different. It depends. There's so many factors in social media that kind of mediate how much money you make. So, um, I have 20 million followers across all platforms. If I only did brand deals and I grinded live streams, I'm talking like every day, I would say I'd probably make 500 K in a year. Okay. Which, you know, 
that's, that's not shabby, but like you'd think someone with 20 million followers, they're making like $10 million. Um, but that also is because of sway our previous brand. Um, and we're kind of fixing that, but that's also why we pivoted and it forced us to create our own companies and build our own brands. And that's why I'm literally here talking to you right now is because we can't do brand deals. I would say the average, um, for the average creator, let's say 2 million followers on TikTok, And let's say they're completely clean. I'd say they're making maybe like 15, 20 K a month. Okay. Now explain, cause Again, most people aren't going to know all of the, uh, I'll call it the drama or the controversy. Uh, when you're talking about a clean creator versus a non-clean creator and the sway stuff, it helps yeah. people understand kind of uh, from a brand's perspective, why are they unwilling to either work with you guys or pay you less compared to a quote unquote clean creator? Right. So someone that's clean is like, you know, I wouldn't even say cussing. Like those are like extreme Disney kids. Um, but it's like, you know, with Sway, we've, we've drank on camera, um, vaped on camera, you know, whatever, um, been drunk on camera. And obviously there's been fights and, you know, the boys got in trouble in the past, um, some legal trouble and stuff. So that's like, that's really extreme bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the party, to, the party, yeah, the part, yeah, the party <laughs> with the power. Um, I don't even think that got as much negative backlash as people think. Um, people it's are obviously, only, it's the only thing that people that I talk to when they're like, Oh, who are these guys? And I'll be, you know, I'll try to explain it or whatever. And then somebody in the group will always be like, Oh, that's the kid who got the power shut off. Right. That's the group who yeah. got the power shut off. And I'm like, yeah, they don't care that it got shut off. Right. Cause they understand that young kids are going right. to party, whatever. But that's like the one moment where I think you guys like definitely no. arrived more than you thought you did. <laughs> well, like the thing is, I honestly think it's kind of, I get it from a brand perspective because it's like, if we work with sway, what are they going to do? Like, are they going to get a fight? Are they going to tarnish our name? Um, but honestly, if I, and this isn't being like prejudiced at all, this is just like, if I were a brand and I wasn't like Disney PG, obviously, and didn't have like that. Um, one thing that I, that I've seen is a lot of those clean creators do not convert at all because brands think that they are paying to get all of these views and all these fans. But in reality, all of their followers just follow their content. They could give a crap less. Like they'll have 20 million on TikTok and they'll get 50,000 likes on Instagram. I get more than that on my backup account, my third backup account. My dog gets more likes than that on Instagram. It's like, it's crazy because, you know, I, I get it in a sense, but at the same time, it's like, people it's don't about conversion under- it's conversion it's like what are you going to pay for for people to see it like okay i guess that i mean that is a strategy but um it's just crazy to me and i don't think a lot of people understand the actual dynamics of social media and how many things you have to look at when you're doing a brand deal or you're working with a kid that is in the social media space all right before we get into the business and investing stuff uh how old are right. you i'm 21 all right, as 21, you're rich and famous, right? For all, for all intents and purposes. Uh, I got to imagine that you get hit up by all kinds of ridiculous, crazy people, all kinds of girls DMing you, et cetera. What is your life like? like well, and if you talk to like a friend from home that you grew up with who like doesn't understand how this all happened, how do you explain to them your life compared to, you know, three years ago, four years ago? Yeah, so... um, 
you know, I would humbly say that I'm pretty rooted from my, from my hometown. I'm still friends with a bunch of, you know, so, uh, I think most creators, you know, have drifted a lot from, you know, from where they started. And I've definitely changed in my ways. I would say the biggest pivot is, um, me actually thinking about others using me because I'm from a small town, you know, farm. I worked in factories. It's like, if someone needs help, you're there. It's like, yo, my cow's out. Can you come? Uh, it's not like, yo, are you trying to use me? It's like a community of people that are like, that help each other. I'm like, you know, there's guys that would plow my driveway, um, when it's snow or like whatever, and you don't have to pay them. You just like get them back later. Uh, so one of the biggest things is, is how ruthless people are. Um, and I struggle with this really bad because I'm such a helpful person. Um, I want to help people and, you know, do my best to be a respectful dude. Uh, really learned fast that that doesn't work in LA. People don't give a shit. Um, there's not a lot of morals. So that's a really big, uh, struggle with me. And I feel like, you know, a lot of common people, and especially if they're from the South or Midwest can definitely, um, relate to that. Cause I never saw any business growing up. There was no really businesses. My dad didn't know anything about business or anyone in my family for that matter. So, uh, that was a really big struggle that I had. And then obviously there's the parties, the girls, the temptations, you know, growing up, it was like, yo, bonfire in the cornfield. Like, let's go Saturday boy, Bush light. You know, it, it wasn't like anything crazy. Now you got like, you go in my DMS, I get a thousand DMS a day from all these like models and girls with their asses out and everything. Are you responding? Um, I used to, I really did. Uh, when we were in our old sway house and really on our bullshit, I would go through and respond. Of course, I was trying to talk to girls. Um, luckily ended up getting, um, a girlfriend and slowed down for a really long time. And then afterwards, uh, you know, there was a bunch of drama and I ended up, you know, Snapchatting a girl. And after that whole drama went down and I got cooked on the internet, like genuinely no shit. I learned my lesson. I barely even look at my DMS anymore, but it is absolutely crazy because sometimes I catch myself talking. It's like, dude, I hate when girls like just send me their asses and I can't respond. And my friends are like, that's never happened to me, dude. Like, um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely a thing. And then the last thing I would say is just, um, always being aware in public. So, um, I'm just going to be straight up my lingo from being in Indiana. Like, you know, I was really insensitive to a lot of things that here in LA are like really big problems. So that was the first one is having a microscope and obviously, you know, checking my language and checking the things that I do because, um, obviously I'm not from a culture that thinks about a lot of things like that. And, uh, just making sure like I'm always on my shit. Like yeah. when I'm driving my car, you know, I got caught one time picking my nose and it's like, who really gives a shit, you know? But at the same time, it's like, really, man. And, uh, that's definitely one of the biggest changes. It's like even being out with my family when they visit LA, it's like my family doesn't want to be like seen like that. So it's just, what do, keeping, what do they think? What do they think about what do they think about all that? Uh in my dad's words, he said, Well, feller, I don't really know what you're doing, but it's working. So they don't really have social media. My dad has like one of those industrial smartphones that's like works at negative 10 seconds um, you know, per minute. So 
it's, uh, and my brother, he, he's a working guy. He's going to trade school for linemen, um, to be a lineman. And my, my mom, like she hears things more obviously cause she's a lot more emotional and, uh, she doesn't really check my socials that much. Uh, but her friends at work, she's a nurse now. She just recently went to nursing school, finished that. So she, her friends, you know, they gossip and it's like the workroom. And did you see Griffin's with this girl? You know, and she'll text me about it. But <laughs> other than that, they don't, they don't get worked up. Um, they don't really care that much if I'm famous or if I'm homeless. So, yeah, I love it. Uh, let's talk about business and investing. Uh, you along with, along with the rest of the guys have really kind of, uh, taken this hard right and started angel investing a lot, starting companies. How do you just think about like, why, right? Like, why are you interested in this stuff? Right. So like I mentioned briefly earlier, you know, growing up, I hustled, um, just because I didn't have a lot of money. I definitely wasn't like, you know, homeless, but, uh, we were just a normal low middle-class middle-class family. So if I wanted anything or if I wanted anything extra, I would have to work extra hard to get money from the kids that did have money. So whatever it was, like I used to hustle, like, um, you know, make sports bets, like I'll beat you in this basketball game or it started off kind of like that. And, um, you know, as I got into this social media stuff, I didn't really understand like how it could be used, but I've always had an interest in business. So, um, you know, just making that pivot out cause we didn't get any brand deals. Like I said, because we were shitheads, um, we had to find an alternative. And then as soon as we started doing things and starting our own brands, I, I literally just, it clicked with me. I fell in love and I'm like, wow, this, this makes sense. Like if I want to make money, that's actually gonna, you know, create generational wealth and set me up so I don't have to work. Um, you know, I had no other choice. So I kind of fell into it already kind of loved it and had no other choice. Do you enjoy like the business building, um, and kind of operating stuff or the investing more or maybe like both? Um, I like aspects of both. I, the reason I don't like, um, that I, well, actually, I'm going to change that answer. I do like building more. Um, the thing that scared me away at first was I was afraid to fail. Like I'm a very like textbook, like we're going to make this much money. And then it gives me something to work towards. Um, something that I even had in my social media career and definitely with building businesses is I was afraid to like make something that wouldn't work instead of doing something that I really loved and making it work. So. Um, Building something is something I haven't done it yet. I'm working on it really hard right now and it's really challenging me. Um, investing is cool because you get to meet a lot of people, obviously. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things I'm going to do for anything that I can't build or the boys can't build. It's, and I want to be a part of it. Or I believe in it. I just put my money into it. So I would say for me, they go kind of almost hand in hand because even if I'm not building it um, personally or the boys aren't, I'm investing in it because I want to help build it with my following, which is kind of what I've been doing. You know, um, I'm working on a couple of investments that haven't been signed yet. And then I have a direct deal where I'm an actual consultant and I'm literally, I can't build a gaming team because I don't have time, but I'm using their resources and using my following to connect the dots. So 
Got it. And so what's the conversation been like with founders, right? As people have found right. out that you're starting to invest, how has that reception been and, and kind of what those conversations are like? Um, when I first started, it was a lot different than now when I had no investments, it was like, um, you know, how well do you convert? Like, what can you do for us? Um, you know, and like they, they just basically, if they, they, if they talked to me, they wanted the social media following. It's like, can you get me verified on Twitter? Can you retweet things for me? Like whatever, which is cool. But I was like, I don't really like, that's weird. Unless I really fuck with you, I'm not going to do that. Um, but now it's definitely converted over to, it's a lot more serious. We kind of have, you know, we're on a lot of cap tables and, you know, um, a lot of people are talking about us now. They're like, are these kids really serious? Are they about it? Are they worth it? And we've kind of proven ourselves. Um, you know, Annie's doing a lot of cool things and, um, you know, some of our other investors we've been in, you know, they, they mention us all the time and, uh, it's, it's definitely changing slowly from, what can you do for us to, you know, or I guess, how can you help us to what can you do for us and help like get us there? Yeah. And do you guys talk internally at the house? Like if one of you sees a deal, you'll bring it back to everyone and kind of say, Hey, look, I saw this. Like, I think it's cool. What do you guys think? Or are each of you kind of making decisions on your own without really talking about it with each other? Um, everything we do is together. I mean, literally there's, you know, Josh has a couple of things he's done on his own and I have a couple of things I've done on my own as well as Bryce. Um, but we all know what's going on. It's, it's a team. Um, obviously we're way more powerful as a group than we are just individually. So literally everything we do runs through, you know, the boys and Michael and whoever the, the team is and then me. So, um, definitely just a big group and we really like to bundle ourselves up and bring as much punch as we can. Uh, you mentioned Michael, Michael Gruen, uh, kind of, I don't even know what, what exactly does Michael consider his title or role to be? Right. Well, that's a good thing. We, that's a good thing to ask. Cause we always get really confused and battle back and forth of what we call him. Um, he started off basically as just being a mentor and he kind of wanted to be an advisor in talent X, which is, you know, him and Josh founded it. And then we all started it from scratch. Um, so he started off wanting to just be an advisor, kind of help us out and guide us in the right direction. Ended up now, he literally helped us build the Sway House, does every single deal we do. Like, he gets pressed for us. Like, he does literally everything. But I would consider him, more importantly, um, my business partner. Um, I see myself working with him for a really long time. And I truly believe that, you know, he's a prodigy. He can literally make money with the click of his fingers if he wants to. So he's doing a fantastic job and he definitely works hard. Uh, but now that we've said nice things about him, you've got to tell us what's the funniest Michael Gruen story you have. Dude, not the, it's not a story with him, but Michael one time did a TikTok with me, um, at, at our old house. And it's like, don't worry about me. I'm a thug. And it's like, I actually retweeted an edit of it because my fans made an edit of Michael um, doing the dance and it's like a fan page edit. And now they, they put hashtag Gruen gang under his tweets and stuff. And it is so funny because they tag me in edits of him all the time. And it's like, you know, he, he, he's the guy on Instagram that'll post pictures. And the only time is when it's with someone like famous or important that he's friends with or has met. Um, so they'll make jokes out of it and they'll be like, you know, 
uh, he, you know how we tweet about the business stuff, like, yo, at whoever really interested in what you're doing, want to get invested, like want to learn from you. They'll like take those tweets and then change it and then tweet at him. And it's so fun. <laughs> so Has- fun. Hashtag Gruen gang. I love it. Yeah. Hashtag Gruen gang. It's real. I'm telling you. We better be careful or that literally is going to become a thing and then he's going to be embarrassed. Um, it already is. It already is. <laughs> I love it. Before I let you go, I always ask everyone the same two questions and you'll get to ask me one uh, to finish up. What's the most important book you think you've ever read? Oh, goodness. Um, man, that's really important. Or, uh, or- or content. It doesn't have to necessarily be a book, but just like what's the most important piece of YouTube video, uh, podcast, book, whatever? Um, I think I might actually have it right next to me. Um, let's see. I was going to pull it up, but I don't know exactly where it is. But I have a book and um, basically it it digests like a lot of like what Motley Crue and all, all of the old, um, you know, like um, alternative and punk rock and rock bands did. And it kind of breaks down the meta of like how they, um, you know, built their brands and kind of created that legacy. I don't know. Oh, here it is. Yeah. It's called please kill me. Um, and it's really cool. And I think it works for business even. And, uh, I like it because a lot of people think social media creators aren't smart. Um, or, you know, they don't know what they're doing. And it's kind of the same thing with them. When you think of a punk rock dude, you think of some dude with long hair, black nails, like screaming into a mic and it's, it digests basically how every successful, you know, rock band and group ever became. And there's actually like a system to it. Um, and it really just inspired me to do that with myself and, um, build my own brand. So let them underestimate you, man. You guys are way smarter than, uh, than they think. Uh, second question is more fun. Aliens. Are you a believer or non-believer? Um, dude, it's like, I, I, I think I'm crazy when I say yes, but at the same time, it's like, there has to be other life forms out there. There has to be, of course, there has to be. So I would say, um, I'm beating around the bush, but the answer is yes. I, I think there's probably something out there for sure. Anyone who's an alien, uh, like non-believer, they're just the trolls on Twitter. There's a high correlation between trolls on Twitter and people who don't believe in aliens. Yeah, well, see, the thing is, when you say alien, I don't think it's a little green dude flying around in a UFO. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> All right, good. Yeah. Clarify that so there's not headlines of Griffin Johnson believes aliens are flying in UFOs. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, there's, there's something, though. All right, you could ask me one question to finish up. What do you got for me? Right. So, um, one question I have for you is, is do you recommend people, um, you know, buying Bitcoin, even if it's not a full Bitcoin, obviously, cause it's really expensive, especially right now. Um, do you think it's still worth it? And I know this is another question to add it on top of it. Do you think it's actually going to be worth, I think 314 K by 2025? Uh, I don't know where the 314k number came from, but uh, from, the, what, from the from the twins, I believe it's okay. right around there, right around that 300k mark. Okay, so he, here's how I think about it, right? So one is uh, you're right in that you don't have to buy a full Bitcoin, right? So full Bitcoin's like nineteen thousand dollars right now. Well, you, you can definitely buy a piece of it, and here's why I think that people should own Bitcoin, right? Is just think ten years from now. Do you think more people are going to be using Bitcoin or less people are going to be using Bitcoin than they are today? Probably um, more. I would say 
I would say more, especially as the U.S. dollar, um, you know, depreciates and the government keeps getting a lot more unstable. Um, so, you know, trust in the dollar keeps going down. So it's like, yeah. what, 2% at least every year it depreciates from inflation? Yeah. So if you think of that, right, just there's going to be more people using it, right, and, and adopting it in the future than right. today. It's a fixed supply asset. So the just naturally supply-demand economics, the price has to go up in U.S. dollar terms over a very, very long period of time. Right. But I always say very, very long period of time because what people get you know, kind of caught on is they buy something today and whether it goes up or down, they panic, right? If it goes up a bunch, they sell right. it. If it goes down, they sell it, right? But if you basically just say, hey, look, I'm basically going to dollar cost average in, right? Buy a little bit you know, every day or every Monday or every month or whatever it is. Uh, and I'm just going to accumulate more and more of this and I'm going to hold it for a long period of time. It'll work out, right? Because of the supply demand um, kind of economics. But I think that having a long time horizon is really important. Um, you know, and like right now, everyone's buying every stock in the world and Bitcoin and all this crazy stuff's happening. But you just got to remember, it's like the longer term uh, time horizon you have, the more advantage you have. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a good point because I was um, I bought my first Bitcoin, but I was very hesitant because I didn't want to spend. I think at the time it was like. I bought it like 15, 430 something. And, uh, I was like, shit, I don't want to pay 15 grand. And then, you know, like a month went, not even a month, like a week and a half went by and it was already up close to like 19. And I was like, Oh, all right. Well, maybe Damn, I should have bought more. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I still hold on to it. And I think after the election stuff dies down, it'll probably drop again. Um, I'm assuming, but yeah, uh, I'm definitely going to hold on to that for a while. And I think, you know, there's only what, 21 million that you mm -hmm. can acquire total in the world. So there's going to be a time whenever it gets really sticky. <laughs> I love it, man. I would ask where we can send people to find you on the internet, but I don't think that's going to be very hard for most people to find you. Uh, where do you want <laughs> I, uh, them to go? Where should they go follow you if they're interested in like, all the business and finance stuff? I do want to say I just started a LinkedIn. I'm very proud ah. of that. Nice. Uh, I never had one. So, you know, if you guys want to connect, you guys can find me on there, but just my name, um, obviously. And then, uh, I guess Twitter, no one else wants to see me shirtless, uh, dancing around. So if you, uh, I, I tweet about some investments, of course I throw in some stuff for the girls on Twitter, but, um, every now and again, I'll put some interesting business advice or talk to some cool people on Twitter. So, um, awesome, and then my Twitter is like, I'm Griffin Johnson, but the I's an L. So I'm sure you can just type in my name and find it. I love it, man. Listen, thank you so much for doing this. You guys are doing a fantastic job. You know, as I told you guys before, don't uh, don't worry about what everybody else is saying. You guys are uh, are working hard. You're making money and uh, and you're investing. So that's literally thanks, uh, the dream. Thanks for uh, thanks for letting me get on here and explain to people that you know I'm dumb, but just not as dumb as what they say. <laughs> All right, man. We'll do it again in the future. Thanks, Pop.